Hello, welcome, Matthew Grant here. And after such a hot summer, at least in Europe, we're probably going to be hearing more about floods next as winter approaches. Investors and regulators are demanding more information from insurers about their exposure to flood and the future impacts of climate change, both through underwriting traditional cover for property and the transition to underwriting of new low carbon emitting assets. Now, this adds a whole new set of challenges to modelling flood, which is difficult even without considering future uncertainties and requires high resolution data. This week, Judith Ellison joins me to talk about what JBA is doing to help its clients manage and report on its future risk scenarios and the range of companies that JBA is working with. Now, we've two reports on the subject of measuring climate risk and on location intelligence and hazard on our website, www.instec.co. If you're interested in learning more about how managing flood risk globally and other hazards can be done, then take a look at the reports or for information on how we are helping insurers or technology companies, you can contact me and the rest of our team, hello at instec.co. Judith, really looking forward to talking to you today. Our career paths have, have crossed and aligned and recrossed over the last, I'm not going to say how long, but for quite a number of years. You're now at JBA, one of the world's major flood modeling companies. Uh, and I know that. Founded back in 2011, and you've now got coverage and clients around the world. Now, we last spoke to JBA back in April 2021 with a couple of your colleagues, episode 136. And uh, so your challenge is to see if we can get more listeners today. And Judith, welcome. Really looking forward to hearing a bit more about what you're up to. Hi, Matthew. Uh, great to be with you today. Thanks, Judith. And in terms of your own career, I mentioned this a little bit, but you've worked for a reinsurance broker for six years. You were 11 years at a Alloy syndicate. You know modeling um, and analytics very well. Anything else I've missed out from your career history? Those would be the main things. And, and then prior to that, I worked for a company now known as Airbus, who provide elevation data into that industry that can be used in, in the flood models that we produce. Good. So, yeah, bringing all that together, it sort of really helps to understand it from a practitioner's point of view. So I, I gave a brief overview there to JBA. But again, anything that I missed out that we should know about JBA um, or what you're doing? Yeah, no, that that's a good question. So, yeah, I, I just highlight that we're a global leader in flood risk science, otherwise known as the flood people. And we're providing data into the industry for over 10 years. When I was talking to Jane Tutel and Matt Reed, we we're talking about the expansion into the US. You alluded to that there. But how has that been going in the last year? It's going really well. We've increased the footprint of our US clients. And they're using both our US data and our global data, just as, as you've mentioned. And we have five meter resolution data in the US and also a US probabilistic model. When Judith is talking about five meter resolution here, she's referring to the horizontal accuracy of the data, about five meters wide, or for those of you in the US, that's about 16 feet. I'd just like to add for the US that we've entered into a collaboration with Applied Research Associates, otherwise known as ARIA. And we are providing a combined wind and flood model for the US. And nice little circle link back to your prior boss many years ago, because they are on Oasis, which is run by Dickie Whitaker. In terms of what we're going to be focusing on today, what particular topics should people be expecting to hear about? You've already mentioned that we have data across the globe. It's to tell you about our future um, flood risk as well. So really, we'll be able to model 
flood risk anywhere today and into the future. When you talk about into the future, there's different perspectives on the future. What, what sort of time horizon are you looking at for that future state? Starting with a um, intermediate scenario, um, so a representative concentration pathway of 4.5 um, a 2050 time horizon. But that's really just the, the first point, um, and we intend to roll out additional scenarios. And of course, those are the uh, the RCPs, we love our acronyms, um, which is part of what the Prudential Regulatory Authority, part of the Bank of England, is asking for people from an underwriting point of view. Are you also looking a little bit more near term so that people are making decisions about the underwriting risks they're doing in addition to the regulatory requirements, but actually business decisions based upon more near-term future views of flood risk? We're looking at three time horizons. So a short, medium and long-term, maybe 2030, 2050 and 2100. And then also in terms of scenarios, we need at least one moderate or realistic warming scenario. So I've already mentioned 4.5, but then also a more extreme um, scenario such as RCP 8.5 to really get a good broad view of all of the different um, potential outcomes that may arrive. Okay, a quick explanation of RCPs or representative concentration pathways. Now, these are agreed set of scenarios that link future concentrations of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere to temperature rise. RCP 4.5, for example, indicates an increase of 1.8 degrees in around 60 to 80 years' time. It's hard enough to model flood with a stable baseline of losses. How do you add in that extra dimension of the uncertainty as you as you look forward to sort of have something that is credible enough to make decisions around as opposed to so much uncertainty that you, you can't really be confident in the outcome. Understanding the uncertainty even in our existing model today is, is already challenging before we start to consider the future climate and you know it's hard because we don't know what the future is going to bring but it's something that we're certainly thinking about and something that we want to work with our clients on um, to educate them on how to think about uncertainty as well. Um, and one way of doing that is really the easy way, really, to do that in the first instance is to think about, you know, the different scenarios and time horizons and looking at a range of scenarios and understanding different viewpoints because we don't know what will come. And then another way is, you know, we have so much climate information at our, our fingertips, so many different climate models um, from which to take that data. So it's really looking at the different outcomes that they um they can provide and then considering those outcomes to really give you a good view of what all of those uncertainties um, banded could look like and relating that to the, the baseline view as well. So just one of the things that in my experience really drives change and innovation is, is regulation and the regulators that we've touched on are having quite a big impact when it comes to future climate but also near-term underwriting. Are there any examples you can give that does help bring to light what it is you're doing at JBA to help people with the regulatory requirements? Yeah, I think a good example is the, the support we provided to the recent Bank of England CBEARS. But ultimately, regulatory requirements are expanding and, and there's at least 38 central banks that are now committed to running these exercises. So yeah, and, and not only that, there's a need to report on the, um, sustainability as well. Um, so you'll hear lots of acronyms, ESG and TCFD and IFRS. This reporting 
has impact beyond reinsurance as well. So we're thinking about banks and asset managers. And we enable our clients to respond to the stress testing and climate reporting using our models. For instance, they can look at changes to average annual losses for different scenarios. You think insurance is tough with three-letter acronyms. Once you get into climate, they actually managed to find five. So just for those who are listening who might not know all those acronyms, the first one you had was uh, CBES, C-B-E-S. Can you just spell that one out for us? So that's the Climate Biennial Exploratory Scenario. Brilliant. Uh, okay, we're getting getting tougher now. TCFD. That's the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. Brilliant. And then you had ESG that I think everybody is familiar with, although there's going to be another podcast coming out soon where we've actually had somebody add in an extra R. Uh, so I won't oh. ask you to spell out ESG, but you can take a guess at what the, the R might be. Did you come across that? Resilience. You got it, yeah. So apparently now we're talking about ESG and Resilience. So fantastic. So, okay, oh, that was a good that. guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you got three out of three on that. Good. So back to regulations. So yeah, the regulators are driving this. You mentioned some of what's happening in there. We we're talking about how how is JBA helping insurance companies? We've helped a number of um, insurers. So for instance, um, with the CBEARS, with one of those was um, Aviva. And then also from the non-insurance sector, we've been working with um, Nationwide. Nationwide. Those outside of the UK, that's a bank. So is that linked to insurance or is this an entirely new area of supporting that in terms of use of your outputs? No, this is really on the banking side. So that as part of the, the CBES, really understanding, you know, mortgage decisions and, and how they may be impacted by the, the future warming. Henry here, part of the research team at Instech. More than $275 million have been invested in parametric insurance-focused companies so far this year. The parametric insurance market is growing and extending into new types of coverage from tornadoes to cyber. If you're interested in learning more about the state of parametric insurance today with the opportunity to ask questions, we're hosting a members-only interactive briefing online. It's on the 6th of September and open to Instech corporate members only. Register on our website, www.instech.co. And then, Judith, here in the UK, the government has got a backstop or a mechanism for paying out to support insurers from flood loss, which is flood re. That takes, certainly in the short term, some of the pressures off the insurers, although ultimately they still need to recoup the premiums from their policyholders. Do you find, and it sounds like it, you do, there's still a lot of interest from insurers in being able to price and model and report on their flood risk accurately. But outside of the regulatory side that we talked about, what, what is driving that, given that, in a sense, the government is there to support the losses? I think knowing that there is the intent for um, flood re uh, to stop providing that in, in 2039, and that's currently being considered amongst all of our insurers and, and was part of the CBEZ as well, what happens then? So the data that we provide to the industry is being used to consider what you know decisions they might need to make. Do they need to increase pricing or do they need to pull out of some risk or even be able to cover more risk because the floods may be decreasing in some areas? Just in terms of a practical point of view, how are people getting access to the information you're providing? We can provide the data directly to clients or by trusted partners, and they can provide additional services such as exposure data cleansing, geocoding, analysis and software. And our CAT models themselves, they're underpinned by the 
Oasis loss modeling framework, which makes them more accessible to the insurance business too. Um, and also besides that, just in terms of data provision, we provide bespoke consultancy services. Judith, that partnership comment is really important and helpful because JVA has been around for 11 years, certainly the, the modeling side of it, the, the business itself has been around for longer. And it's it's really worth noting that you're, to my knowledge, slightly agnostic about how you go to market. So you'll sell directly, but you'll also go through partners. You mentioned you use the Oasis model and you work with people we know well, such as Address Cloud and Wenfresh. And I know there's many more in there, but I just think it's worth noting because if we give advice to other people out there with data, the benefits of being able to have a partner strategy. And I think it's also intriguing to see more and more organizations, you know, Guidewire, CoreLogic, others are actually also offering this as well. Um, so I won't ask you to list all of the partners. I know you've got those on the, on the website, but I just, uh, I think a useful reminder for everybody else, don't always try and go it alone. I want to come back to that consulting question though, because with all this uncertainty, can you talk a little bit about what would be an example of where people are asking you for help and how to implement the models or particularly to start to look at the future state where there's even more uncertainty about climate and how, and how do you help them solve the problems they've got? I mentioned that we partnered with uh, several clients on consultancy projects across the globe. Um, and I'll briefly describe one of those. So that's working with the WTW Climate and Resilience Hub. And we mentioned this project at a recent JBA Lloyds event, which was uh, specifically focused on climate change. Anyway, this project was to develop a regional approach to flood hazard assessment in Southeast Asia. And the outcome provides a clear example of how modelling conditioned by regional parameters can be used to inform asset owners and managers how best to optimise risk reduction and risk transfer strategy. And then, Judith, as we look forward to the next 12 months, what do you expect us to be talking about when we come back together again with you or one of your colleagues to review what's been happening in the time ahead of us? Climate change will continue to feature very highly on our future development. And in a year's time, I mean, I think we've moved on dramatically with our climate developments, but in a year's time, things will have moved on again. The data, the methods, they continue to improve. And I think we'll see greater standardization across the industry. So there's no doubt um, that the availability of data and models, perils such as flood, will support and encourage increased resilience. I want to come back to that standardization one because we've been talking about the need for standardization for a long time. Very encouraging to hear that you're seeing it. Is there something specific behind that when you're saying that we will see more standardization in the next 12 months? Yeah, I think it's really that the uh, the methodologies um, that we're using, we're more familiar with them. You know, when we started this uh, five, 10 years ago, it, it was all brand new. And, and some companies have only been looking at this in the last one to two years. And you'll see that everybody's employing um, additional climate change uh, members of the team. I mean, at JBA, we've probably tripled the number of people working in climate change. So I think the fact that there's so much more uh, knowledge and awareness um, and discussion working with uh, partners, both in the industry, but also in academia, means that we're, we're really improving and, and coming up with more standard approaches to, to tackle this. And then we've talked about some of the challenges of flood modelling, Judith. There are many out there. If there's one example you could take or give to explain what you're doing to overcome some of those challenges and, and helping your clients, what would that be? 
I think one of those that I'd probably focus on is the multiple demands from different clients and sectors. Um, and this means there's a requirement for many different climate views. You've got companies needing to report as well to many different regulators, and they're each coming with their own requirements as well. And then they want to understand their own view of risk too. So essentially, in terms of the, the scenarios and time horizons that we need to look at, one size just doesn't fit all. And of course, that's very challenging. So our way of uh, tackling this problem is to invest in automation and compute capacity and in developing innovative technology. And then picking up on that more broadly, for anybody that's made it this far, we like to give them a gift for listening. What can you offer to people that want to learn more about the topics we've been talking about or understand how to overcome some of their challenges? I've been there. I've worked in the industry. I understand the, the various requirements that are needed, uh, regulatory reporting, et cetera. It's very time consuming, but also then working at JBA and building out these models, it's been very challenging. So I, I feel your pain. And if you're interested, um, please contact me on LinkedIn. Well, it's very generous, Judith. Uh, and I know that you'll be very helpful for people navigating their way through some of these tricky subjects. Um, well, I really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about subject of flood and polishing up my acronyms i know you're based uh, in northern ireland but if you've got plans to come over to uh, the uk anytime in the future people can see you face to face yeah definitely um I, i'm over in skipton frequently that's where the head office is but also in london so i'll happily reach out to uh, people in london and, and have a coffee fantastic okay well judith i'll let you get back to your day job but it's been a pleasure and hopefully see you face to face more likely in london than skipton i think but uh, thank you very much <laughs> thanks that's it for today if you are in london you can see us for our next evening event on the 13th of september all the details about that and how to find out about membership and sponsoring your own event on our website www.instec.co or contact me matthew grant by linkedin <laughs>